Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. What up, everybody? Sorry to interrupt the regular programming right here, but Rick and I have to pay the bills, so we're going to run an ad. This ad is brought to you by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Enjoy the show, guys. Yo, what's up, Ricky? What's going on, Robbie boy? How we doing? How we doing? fantastic it's week one of the coronavirus no sports and i gotta tell you i'm probably gonna die from no sports <laughs> it's not so much the corona that's gonna kill you it's the no sports that's gonna just crush your soul i'm hurting here man i'm hurting today today and yesterday would have been the kickoff to the ncaa tournament uh, two, of the greatest, two of the greatest days in the entire sports uh, world don't tell me all right, let's kick, this, let's kick this thing off, bro. So you got myself in Philly. You got my brother down in beautiful West Palm Beach. He's an absolute jerk for enjoying this 80-degree weather. He was swimming the other day. I went swimming yesterday, played golf today, and each morning I hit the beach without a shirt for a nice jog. One, because it's hot, and two, because the ladies like it. And you've pretty much just lost our entire listening audience because – they hate you. Anyway, so <laughs> here we are. What up, guys? You're listening to the Brothers Brandt Podcast. I'm Rick. I'm... <laughs> you are not Rick. And as much as you want to be Rick, you will never be Rick. I'm Rick. You're Rob. Mom and dad still get that screwed up. And I just totally botched it. You know what? I probably should erase it, but screw it. Screw it. Anyway, hang on to your seats because this is going to be a wild podcast. Um, the reason we're doing this podcast is because for the past eight years, uh, Rick and myself have just been traveling the country going to sporting events. And what we do on these sporting events is, uh, is unbelievable. Um, we, go to every, we, go to these, we go to these road trips. We do like 10 games in 10 days. But more importantly, what we do is we turn nosebleed tickets – into the ultimate upgrade seats and 
real stories that happen to myself and Rick. And it's just going to be wild. It's just going to be pretty crazy. So um, let's dive into our first story. This is episode one. So um, I think it's fitting to start off with our sport first ever sports road trip. It's coming up of, like in September of this year. It'll be the eight year mark, right, Rick? Eight years marks the journey. And it was all inspired by our favorite movie called The Field of Dreams starring Kevin Costner. And yep. uh, we knew we had to get out to Iowa to see the Field of Dreams, but we didn't want to travel 13 hours from New Jersey, check out the ball field, and travel 13 hours back. That would have been absolutely brutal. So what did we do? Decide to mix in several games along the way, and lo and behold, the NFL, college football, and Major League Baseball schedules aligned so that we could go to 10 games in 10 days along this journey. Yep. Took off two weeks from work, and uh, we drove from Jersey um, out to Penn State, crashed with our boy Mikey Kawas. Shout Mikey out to Valley. Mike Kawas. Shout out to, to, to Mikey K. And then, uh, we like, the next morning, we went to the Hall of Fame. So, you know, the Hall of Fame's cool. Definitely check it out. And that's but, the NFL Hall of Fame out in Canton, Ohio, not to be confused with the Basketball Hall of Fame in Springfield, Massachusetts, or the NHL Hall of Fame in Toronto, Canada. I don't know why the fuck you just had to dive into that, but okay. Um, so, anyway, we, uh, we went out to the Hall of Fame, and then our first game on this 10-day road trip was the Detroit Tigers. And, Rick, kind of just like, T- tell them, like, you know, t- tell them the story of the Tigers. I want to give the people the, the full story and the full uh, understanding of what took place in Detroit because that alone is impressive, but it really set the tone not just for the rest of the road trip, but I think for the last eight years as we go and continue to visit college campuses and uh, just stadiums around the country. Before I get into that, I want to just, I know we touched on it with staying with our buddy Mike at Penn State. I can't emphasize enough that these road trips, these journeys would not be what they are without our dear friends and sometimes complete strangers that we stay with making these trips so memorable. So friends of friends, like exactly crazy. Exactly. So great time, like you said, in Happy Valley for a night. Excellent morning at the Pro Football Hall of Fame with all the busts and their heads and cool jackets they got out there. But you're right. Game one took place in Detroit. It was an evening game. I want to say around 7 o'clock start time. We rolled up probably around 4.15, 4.30. Empty parking lots. We got our Detroit swag on. And we pull right up. We walk towards the stadium. Nothing's happening. And I say to Rob... Do you want to go left? Do you want to go right? How do you want to walk around the stadium and, and, so we can get a feel? And I, and I go, and I go, let's go right. Let's go right. And that has just been like a funny inside joke with me and Rick ever since eight years ago. Um, because we go right, and then we're walking around the stadium. And the key to turning, uh, you know, nosebleed tickets into the ultimate upgrade for us was getting the places super early because you never know what happens. And uh, so we, we, we stroll around the stadium We're we're in like the, the right field center field area. And 
at Comerica Ballpark. And we look and we see a gate. The gate is wide open to the stadium. And Rick and I look at each other and we just go, holy shit, the gate's wide open. I mean, we, um, Rob, Rob, we hadn't even made it around halfway around the stadium yet. And the gate was completely open. I mean, no security who, guards, nothing. Terrible who, security. Who's not going to walk through that gate and go check out live batting practice with Miguel Cabrera just bombing home runs into just the bleachers? Slugging, just slugging balls. So we walk in, and lo and behold, we're right there in the right field area. We truly see all these Tigers players just jacking them out, and there happens to be this one guy He's around our age, and he's just going from section to section in the empty stadium, picking up, retrieving all these home run balls. So here's another key when going to stadiums. Always go and initiate contact with people you see. If you initiate contact, if you are the one to recognize each other, say hi, and just bring a ton of energy, it's really going to diffuse any possible situation that may occur and make things less awkward and be more positive for that day or evening sporting event. Yeah, so, I think I think acting like you belong is just such like a um, obvious thing, but underrated. And it's just like if you just act like you belong in a situation, not just in sports, but like anywhere, like people really don't ask any questions. It's when you like start to act sketchy that people are like, "What the fuck is up with that guy? Let's get him out of here." I agree. Confidence and that you belong are huge, you know, definitely clean cut, looking like uh, you you belong, dressed well, dressed the part. A lot of things go into it. So, so Rob, what do we do next? What do we do next when we see our pal? So we see this dude. His name's Elijah. Um, We walk up to him, introduce ourselves, find out his name's Elijah. And he's our age. He's like, he's like, uh, you know, early 20s. And we're just shooting the shit with them, retrieving foul, retrieving home run balls from all these Tigers players. And turns out he's the bat boy for the Detroit Tigers. And he's been doing it for a couple of years. So he knows everybody and knows, knows uh, like everybody at the facility. And uh, after like a couple of minutes of just BSing goes by, he just goes, so uh, where are your badges? Like, I don't see you guys have any like credentials. How'd you get in here for batting practice? And uh, it was at that moment that like we could have easily lied to Elijah, but we were just like, you know what? Let's just tell him the truth. And we we're like, dude, we're on this epic sports road trip, 10 games, 10 days. Uh, first time here at Comerica Ballpark. And we were walking around the stadium. We just saw the gate was wide open. So we just walked right in and just came up and started talking to you. And I, I think you're, I think you always got to tell the. I think you got to tell the truth like a lot of times and people just find it funny because he started cracking up and he was like, dude, that sounds like something like me and my brothers would do on a road trip. So that's great. Um, and then we were pretty much done with like shag and fly balls. And um, and uh, he goes, where are your seats? And we point to the nosebleeds. We're like, dude, we bought like ten dollar tickets for this trip and for this game. And he's like, all right, why don't you come with me and I'll uh, I'll, I'll see if I can hook you guys up. So he brings us around to the Tigers dugout with all these like little kids. And like now everybody's in the stadium, like anybody with a ticket's allowed to be in the stadium. And uh, these little kids are getting autograph balls from Miguel Cabrera and Dimitri Young. And um, and we're hanging out. We don't really care about that. Um, but now we're like front row. We're, we're first row in this like Tiger fan club area. And and. And all of a sudden, a uh, usher comes up and he's like trying to get everybody to go back to their seats because we're like a, like 45 minutes from game time. And um, 
Rick and I just like go, all right, we're going to get away from this usher and we're going to move over here. And we move behind home plate, like the second or third row. And we're like, all right, we can't sit in the second or third row. Let's sit in like the fourth or fifth row. So we sit in the fourth and fifth row. And this section is like the uh, premier section. So they have waiters and waitresses coming to take your order. And uh, one of the big things that uh, I've learned and I'm, I know Rick knows is when you have food in your hands, you just look like you belong there. Like what person wouldn't would sit down and have like a whole nacho tray in their hand. I know. That wasn't I know. I, I know future podcasts are going to get into some fantastic, hilarious examples of that, Rob, but that's a, a exactly uh, right up nose on the head type thing that you want to do as well as looking the part is, is, is carrying items that make you seem like you should be there. And, you know, even if you don't like nachos, get a tray of nachos. You don't like, you know, a big full beer, grab a big full beer anyway. But then again, who doesn't like a beer? So, well, so, you don't, you don't, you don't drink anymore, Rick. It, it was court mandated back in 2013. Well, well, listen, that is, that is not true. There is no court mandated, but I will tell you <laughs> that I don't drink, which I think is a huge factor in our sports road trips because somebody is the one that needs to be able to drive from stadium to stadium. Exactly. No, your MVP, your MVP. Anyway, we, we digress. Moving back to this. So we're hanging out fourth row at the Tigers game, and we're just hanging out. Nobody comes to these seats. We're sitting right next to, like, the Ford family is right next to us who own, you know, Ford Motor Company. And, uh, and we're just hanging out, BSing with them. And not until the fifth inning does someone roll up to these seats. And uh, Rick and I have to scoot back to, like, row nine. And uh, we end up enjoying the rest of the game. That's pretty much it. We just enjoyed the game from like nine rows back. And it was Rob, a blast. Rob, I'll say, you know, a couple of things. One, who's showing up to a Major League Baseball game in the fifth inning? You should be there. I understand maybe the second inning, if you hit traffic, if you had to get concessions, if you're with like four kids. But the fifth inning, that was just mind-boggling. And, and it was just two guys. I know it was eight years ago, but I remember like it was yesterday. It was just two guys, and and yeah, yeah. Like I was almost upset at them. I was like, "Dude, find the other seats." Well, again, hilarious story. I want to dive into a couple of things that I think our podcast listeners might enjoy, and uh, just a little like a uh, tip here if you're interested in traveling to sport games and maybe you're not able to get that first row seat, but you want to get down low and see your favorite player in person as close as you can. Don't always get enamored with that first row. Don't always get enamored with sitting right behind the dugout or, you know, right behind home plate. Of course, first row is first row. You can't beat it. There's nobody in front of you, no distractions. But it is the number one spot an usher is going to go and ask to see tickets. It's the number one place an usher oh, will go yeah, to agreed. try to clear out an area. So, so grab that fourth row. Don't sit on the aisle. Go in like six seats and and have your nachos and your beer and or your sprite on your, you know, lap and be ready to just eat and talk and get your scorecard out too. Make it look like yeah, yeah. get the scorecard out. All right, so moving along, moving along, because uh, you know, got it, got to respect everybody's attention span. My own. Um, yeah, you're so, sure, bro. 
<laughs> so we leave we leave the Tigers game, whatever, 10 o'clock. And the key is staying with friends because that saves us a lot of money, especially at that age. We didn't want to shell out a bunch of money for hotel rooms. I still so... don't want to shell out a bunch of money for hotels. <laughs> I don't know what all this I was. I didn't. <laughs> I still don't want to pay for a hotel room. Anti-hotel. Plus, I like seeing people and catching up and being with friends. Well, so I don't well, mind sleeping on a couch. I'm not going to stay on this one long, but this was like one of the weirdest people that we stayed with on the trip. I don't even remember the girl's name. I just remember you met her like a year ago mm-hmm. and she happened to be in Ann Arbor and you told her we were coming out and she was like, yeah, you could crash on my couch. And I think she was like into you and you just weren't into her. And it was like super awkward and you like slept on the couch and I slept on the floor for like four hours. Yeah, it wasn't really awkward for me because again, uh, just had met her a year ago. She, uh, we were up in Cooperstown. We were both umpiring baseball games. We, became friends, nothing more. And um, you're right. We stayed in touch. Uh, we knew we would be in Ann Arbor. We needed a place to stay. She she and her roommate, I believe, were very kind and very nice to have us. We rolled in super late. Like it was probably like 11, 30, 12 o'clock when we got there. I think we kicked it for a little bit. And then that next morning, we were up and gone before they were even awake because we wanted to get over to the stadium. Friday night, yeah. Friday night fireworks in Detroit after the Tigers game, I recall. And then Saturday, Ann Arbor, Michigan was hosting Akron at noon. And we wanted to get over there around eight o'clock, nine o'clock, because fans, if you get there early, good things happen. Yeah, remember that. If you get there early, good things happen. So we get there early. And I, I honestly think we were there at like seven in the morning. Like it just felt so early and it was like a ghost town. The game was at 12. There really wasn't a lot of people around and we were trying to find parking. And this will forever be known as the grassy knoll parking lot. Unreal. Because, Unreal. Uh, what had happened was is we were driving around trying to find a spot. We couldn't find somebody to pay. We're not naive. We know we have to pay. We know we should like find spots. And we see this grassy knoll parking lot and they have lines spray painted on the grass and nobody's there. So we just roll up, get our rent a car. We have our rental car there and we park it and it's perfect. It's like 300 feet away from the stadium, just right next to the stadium. All good. Park our car and we're decked out in michigan gear uh this is how much of a genius rick is i won't always admit it but it's a genius move um he went on ebay and bought home team gear of every game we were going to and so we had michigan t-shirts and hats that were like five or ten bucks on ebay and so we looked the part and uh, we roll over to the stadium and when we go over to the stadium, we're doing a whole lap. We watch the team come in. Uh, we, we There's a flyover where they, like, you know, spell out Michigan in, uh, in the clouds, which is cool. And uh, just really taking in the uh, – the uh blue and maize uh and uh it was awesome and we 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 watched the team go in and then we're like the first ticket scanned and rick why don't you just take it from here and explain like you know go go, do it do it all do it all sure 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 great and here's the deal it's the big house all right there's like a handful of stadiums in the entire country professional and collegiate that are on any fans list that you need to get to, even if you don't like Michigan, even if you're an Ohio State Buckeye fan, you still need to go to the big house because it's just a part of sports and it's it's legendary. So 
we get there early, like Rob said. We get into the stadium. Or we're like the first people there. And then you immediately make your way down towards the field. Wherever you're coming from, get down by the field right away. And here's another helpful hint or tip for our listeners. A lot of times the ushers, the security guards, they have their pregame meeting either out in a concourse area or some back room area. They're not all in position right when the gates open up. So it leads you this little leeway of a maybe 15, 20 minute window where they're not at their post. You're there. Things happen. We walk all the way down, probably about 100 rows. There happens to be just at the very edge there, a small little like four steps down out onto the field. And there's no security guard there or usher at that post. And we didn't have to open anything. We didn't have to unlock anything. It was just there to continue walking so we continue to walk and here we are now down out on the field and there's very little activity going out on the field now because there's three hours it's it's like two hours two hours before the game it's like two hours it's like 10 o'clock right exactly so several hours before nothing much is happening we're checking it out we're enjoying it i mean we literally walked out to the middle m on the field and started taking our pictures we started just capturing the moment and rick i think you lied down i think you lied down on the m and i was taking photos that's that's a little signature i've got i like to lay on the emblem wherever it might be around the nation like that seductive pose with the one elbow and like the hand on the hip and the thumbs up just don't want anybody to get confused with where i'm at exactly (laughs) so then so then so then things get interesting right rick well, everybody's taking the field. You got the players now out on the field. You've got in college arenas and stadiums, you'll see uh, future recruits out on the sidelines with their prospective coaches. It, the, the place just very quickly fills up on the field. And here we are, two guys that have nosebleed tickets that didn't even pay for parking are standing in the middle of all the action. And, and while that's going on, one of the most distinctive stories and memories we have is when we see two state troopers just decked out to the T's and and they're coming towards us and we're both nudging each other and we're like, oh shit, here here they come. They're coming right at us. We we're this is it. We're done. I thought we were going to jail. Well, yeah, that was that was definitely an option. But these guys come over to us and the first thing they say to us with a ton of energy and excitement is, hey guys, this is our first time here in the big house and would you mind taking a picture of us? We're, we're with the Akron team. We, we won a lottery system back home, and we got a chance to spend the weekend with them as their security personnel, and it would mean the world if we could get a picture right here in the middle of the field. And Rob and I looked at each other with the biggest smiles on our face and said, yeah, we'll take your picture, only if you take ours first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, dude, I was sweating bullets when they came over, and it was a hot day, but I was sweating bullets, and I go, oh, man. And you're, you can handle it a lot better than I do, but I was, like, kind of freaking out. And, uh, but as soon as they said that, like, a huge sigh of relief, and I was like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you know what was even funnier was I still remember us standing, the four of us out there, because now we're, we're, we're so uh, in tune with wh- where we are. Is like we said to ourselves both mentally, not out loud, but we said, all right, let's stay, stay with these guys. Let's keep talking with these guys, because from any other person's perspective is – wow, you've got two guys talking to two state troopers and they're not in handcuffs, so they must know each other. They must have rapport. Uh, let's not bother them because that's kind of important, whatever's going on. 
I mean, it was so great. We spent a half hour on the M as both teams are warming up. One guy I remember from the Michigan team actually said to us, excuse me, I'm sorry. I don't mean to get in your way. I just want to, I want to do some punting right here. Would you guys mind moving over just a tad? And we said, <laughs> yeah, I guess no problem. But uh, <laughs> kind of like, kind of like, kind of like he shouldn't have said anything to us. Exactly. Exactly. Meanwhile, we're just standing. So, but then time. those, then those guys rolled though. Those guys had to get going. They like, they actually had to do some security. I remember them talking about being yeah. real hung over so from the night before. Yeah, they said they had a great time, but um, yeah. So, uh, so then we, uh, then you and I like dip off and we go to the recruits because you know we kind of look like we're in college because we're only twenty two, twenty three at the time, and uh, we just start, we just start, you know, talking to the recruits, talking to their parents, and I don't know, did anyone? I don't think anyone ever even asked us how we're on the field or anything like that. We just were had a lot of confidence. Um, yep. Yep, I think and, uh, we, spent, we spent a lot of time talking to the players, like the high school seniors that were considering Michigan and just finding out about their backstory, yeah. where they're coming I, from. I do remember, now I recall, um, you had on long sleeves that day. I had on short sleeves. All the recruits had on wristbands to be on the field. And I was like, oh, shoot, I need this. Like, I should probably put my hands in my pockets. So I was putting my hands in my pockets the whole time. Like that didn't look sketchy. Just so like, you know, somebody that was looking for wristbands didn't see that I didn't have wristbands on. You had long sleeves, so you were good. You were in the clear. I was in the clear, but I definitely think that was another learning lesson for us right out of the gate was second day of the trip. Wristbands are always good. Wristbands are fantastic. And um, if you don't have them, you know, try to find a way to kind of make it look like, uh, you know, your wrists aren't empty. But yeah, you did a good, great job with that. And I did. I think, and then the, go ahead. And then the game, the game is about to start. Like you know, they're they're having the Star Spangled Banner, and we um we were like, oh crap, our seats are on the other side of the stadium, and the recruits were like being ushered off. So instead of like going out and like going out with the recruits and walking around the stadium and going to the concourse and all that stuff and getting to our seats in the upper deck, um, Rick and I just looked at each other and we just go you know what, let's just walk around the circle. Let's like walk around the, uh, the field. So here's Rick and myself just pushing tuba players out of our way and trombone players and marching through the band to, excuse me, excuse me, pushing, knocking people out of the way. And uh, we, we go all the way around the stadium to the Akron side. We were trying to find the state troopers. We couldn't find them. And we just decided to hang out for the first quarter. And the whole time I knew we were going to get booted. I was like, ah, there's no way we're going to last. Like there's a grandstand there for people that like, you know, have on the field passes. So we hang out at this grandstand for a little bit, this little like metal bleachers, kind of like your high school would have on the field watching the first quarter, but I'm peering over my shoulder looking for open seats because I know we're going to get the boot. Rob, Rob, and then, this, this is our first podcast. I know we've got a lot of listeners out there. I mean, probably millions are just tuning in because they've got no oh, sports yeah, activity. Trillions. But I think it's it's important on our first podcast that we just talk a little bit about some of these tips that listeners out there can understand. And I mean, if you get down out on the field for any sporting event, whether it's basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, if you're on the playing surface at some point throughout the event, that's a major success. And to spend time on 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 the field or whatever it is during into the actual playing of the event, the game. That's even greater success. So here we are, first quarter, watching the whole game. The place is packed. It's the beginning of the season in September. 
And uh, I know it's not a marquee matchup against a huge opponent, although I will say that it ended up being a very close game and got down to the, I think it went down almost like the last play of the game. It did. Akron had a chance to win on the last play and they lost. It was like, it was like 42 38 was the final and Michigan won. It was something like that. It was a good game. And, and I know where you're going with this. I'll just say that you brought up the point of always looking around for available seats. And that's something as a, as a listener, you want to consider when you're out at a sporting event and maybe you're not sitting in your specific seat, keep an eye out where you see two seats available, where you could easily pop over to in case somebody comes for their actual seats. So good job yeah. and kudos to you to, to see that. Cause you spotted some primo seats there. If I recall. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I didn't get first row, but I saw some in like the second or third row and uh, the two seats wide open. So we get the boot security guards just like, Hey, where are your lanyards and badges? And we're like, Oh, we don't have them. And he's like, dude, just get out of here. Go to your seat. And uh, people in the Midwest are very nice. I will say that if you're in the Northeast, you're locked up. But <laughs> So he kicks us out and we go right to these two seats. We sit down, we start talking to all these people around us. And uh, I can sense the heat coming from this one guy. He's just staring at me, the guy next to me. I could feel and it, too. I could feel it, too. I could feel it, too. You and and, and you, were, you, you, know. you were in between us, but I still could feel it. You, like you said, you know when somebody's staring yeah. at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he goes, hey, uh, how, how'd you get the seats? Because, like, everybody knows everybody at Michigan in that lower level. They've had the seats for generations. And he's like, how'd you get the seats? And I, go, you know, I think he was expecting me to lie to him. But I just go, hey, do you want me to lie to you or tell you the truth? And he goes, the truth would be good. And uh, yada, 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 Seinfeld reference. But uh, I, uh, I told him about our 10-day, 10, 10 sports road trip, told him about Detroit, told him about on the field, everything that transpired, where our seats actually were. And uh, I go, yeah, so I saw these two seats wide open. So I was like, let's take them, Rick. And uh, this guy just thought it was hilarious. He started, he started laughing. I mean, he, he just he, goes, dude, that's one of the most epic stories I've ever heard in my entire life. He was about, um, he had to have been 60, maybe 65 years old. Uh-huh. He was with his, yeah, wife. his wife. Sweethearts. And, and we hang out with him for the game. Uh, you know, the, game the game ends. And uh, as, we're, as we're leaving, we're walking out with them. And they said, hey, traffic's going to be crazy. Do you guys just want to chill with us at our tailgate for a while? You can meet the guy that uh, he goes, oh, yeah, by the way, he goes, those are John's seats. Like, you're good. He didn't sell those for Akron. So you can sit there the whole day. <laughs> and he's like, you can go back. To, let's go back to the tailgate. You can meet John and tell him how you enjoyed his seats. And I was like, perfect perfect and that's one thing that uh i will say michigan did really well and i i want throughout our podcast to just touch on a little bit about the atmospheres at all the different places we go to michigan is an excellent place to watch a football game both pre-game after the game is over you still have tons of fans post-game tailgating and uh talking about and enjoying the game with their buddies and their families it's a really really cool thing around the country at some big schools uh, definitely consider that post-game tailgate for sure. And we went over there. They had the spread that you could just, you know, we were drooling. You know, like we said, young uh, college guys that were traveling the country definitely uh, appreciated a good meal. And they went above and beyond. They they said, listen, you guys are going to be traveling a lot the next two weeks. You're going to need a lot of food. Here's some to-go containers. They loaded everything up. They gave us a bunch of bottles of wine. Again, I don't drink, but I said, you know what? Thank you. And we appreciate that. And I remember us being able to gift those bottles of wine 
to later people, later hosts that we stayed with throughout the trip. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. And here we are, you know, just, just getting back into it. We, this is where things get interesting. So Rick and I are walking um, back to our car, the Grassy Knoll parking lot, and we're smiling ear to ear. Picture us. We have two bags uh, in each hand. You know, it looks like we just went to Trader Joe's and just went to town. And, uh, you know, we're smiling. We're like, wow, how could this sports road trip get any better? You know, the Detroit game, fourth row, and then we're at the uh, Michigan on the field, and now this, and everyone's so nice. And we go to the grassy knoll, and what do we find? We find an empty parking spot where our car is. And I go, oh, shit, Rick, our car got towed. Yeah, dude, I was not happy. I, I, can, oh, I can keep it pretty cool for a lot of times, but I put <laughs> so much effort, as you did as well, into this road trip. Things were so meticulously planned, virtually minute by minute, where we had to be, when we had to leave, et cetera. And I knew any sort of delay here uh, that would be substantial could impact the rest of the road trip, just not even the next day, but for the rest of the trip. Oh yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And, and the crazy thing was the game was at 12 o'clock. So if you do the math, it was like three o'clock, it was over four o'clock was when we like finally made it back to our car. So it got towed. And then we're like, Oh crap. If we don't get this now, they're not open on Sunday. We're not going to pick it up till Monday. So we're not even going to go to the Packers game that we had planned. Bingo. So, so I'm so we're like, crap. We, we're stressing. And I just turned to people and I just go, Hey guys, did you see a car get towed? It was a, it was a uh, Hyundai Sonata, uh, you know, Jersey plates. And uh, this group of like 60 year old women um, uh, was just like, yeah, yeah, I saw it. And they're pretty buzzed at this point. And one of them's just yelling sex trap, sex trap. And I go, ma'am, ma'am, I'm not into you like that. I'm not into you like that. And she goes, no, no, no. That's the name of a towing company out here in Michigan, in Ann Arbor. Look it up. So I'm looking up all these towing companies and I look up sex trap and I call the number and I go, hey, uh, this is Rob. Uh, you know, did you uh, tow a Hyundai Sonata with uh, Jersey plates on it? And the guy goes, yeah, yeah, we, we towed it. Yeah, it's actually here. It just came in a couple of minutes ago. And I'm like, all right, can we get that today? And he's like, yeah, but you got to hurry up. You got to get over here in the next like hour or we're done. Or you're going to have to pick it up on Monday. So I asked him, I go, cool, sounds good. What's the name of your, or what's the street? What's the address? And the gentleman goes, yeah, yeah, it's uh, whatever, 12, 1211 Hiscock Avenue. And my eyes bulge out of my skull. I go, wait, what? Like sex trap towing in Ann Arbor, Michigan? And he goes, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's on Hiscock Avenue. It's exactly how it sounds. H-I-S-C-O-C-K Avenue. And I go, all right, whatever. And uh, luckily, there was a gentleman that uh, overheard this whole conversation going down. And he's like, dude, I'll get you over there. I'll drive you over there. So he drives us over there. And, uh, and we get there. And they only accept cash. So I have to go to an ATM on Hiscock Avenue and take out like $250 cash. And I, I have a, I have a, at the time I had a very family oriented small bank back home where everybody knew my name and we sent them Christmas cards. And the first thing I thought about when I was taking out the $250 cash rip was, ah, shit, Donna's going to see this and ask what sex joint I went to that weekend. Yeah. <laughs> a little awkward when you got back. I think that's a club. <laughs> So anyway, we pay for the we pay for the uh, the car and uh, we get it back. Everything's fine.
line and uh, we're on our way and we're going to head over to uh, Milwaukee and that's going to be headquarters for the next couple of days as we enjoy uh, Wisconsin and, and some more of the road trip. And all right, everyone, thanks so much for, for listening to episode one of the Brothers Brant podcast. We will do I'm Rob. You are Rob. You got that correct. I'm still right. I'm still Rick. We're gonna do this again. I don't know. We're gonna do we're gonna keep the train moving. We're gonna keep it going. We're putting coal in the train. We're gonna keep this engine going. Don't forget to smash the subscribe button and follow us on Instagram. Yeah. The Brothers Brand. Yeah, this is gonna be pretty good. So uh stay tuned. The next one will detail more of this first journey of ours, road trip across the country in the Midwest, 10 games in 10 days. And then I think future podcasts are going to talk about future trips that we took and some exciting excursions throughout the country. It's going to be a wild one. All right. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.